Worldwide parent coach and conscious educator, Sue DeCaro, is on a mission to revitalize the joy in parenting. Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a podcast designed to help parents all over the world create deeper connections with themselves and their children while overcoming life's daily parenting challenges. Listen in if you want to bring more laughter, love, and enjoyment to your home life. Welcome to Conscious Parents Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. Today, I'm pleased to welcome and introduce my returning guest, Dr. Elizabeth Cohen. Dr. Cohen is a clinical psychologist and CEO and founder of the online divorce course and membership Afterglow, the light at the other side of divorce. She is also the CEO of the Center for CBT in New York City. Dr. Cohen's online course teaches women how to heal, grow, and thrive after divorce, no matter how difficult the process has been. She offers a monthly membership program to provide one-to-one coaching, expert support from divorce professionals, and an engaged community of like-minded people. Dr. Cohen received her PhD in clinical psychology from Boston University. She was the recipient of the prestigious American Psychological Foundation Research Award for her research on the emotional effects of 9-11. She's been featured on The Cameron Hall Show, The Wall Street Journal, NBC News, Women's Health, HuffPost, Thrive Global, Daily Beast, and Good Housekeeping. She's also a weekly contributor to Psychology Today with her divorce course column. Dr. Cohen also hosts the Divorce Doctor podcast, where she interviews people about their divorce experiences. Her new book, Light at the Other Side of Divorce, Discovering the New You, will be available this April 2021. Elizabeth, I'm so excited that you're here, and gosh, you have so much to share with the world with your new book, and I look forward to talking with you about it. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. I really love being here with your, you and your audience. Uh, it's a pleasure. Well, let's let's dive in because we we both know uh, divorce can be tricky business, right? And yes, it can. I know you talk a lot in your book as well as you know certainly in the work that you do in this world about how one can navigate divorce. So let's talk a little bit about the assumptions that we have either before we're divorcing or maybe as we're realizing we're heading that way. What assumptions do we make and how can they be dangerous or helpful? Yeah, um, such an important question. And I dedicate a whole chapter in my book to this because I do think that as a trained cognitive behavioral therapist, you know, how we think impacts how we feel and how we act. So we really need to look at our thoughts before we even take any action. And I think maybe people wouldn't be surprised by this, but even in this time in 2021, people still describe divorce as a failure. They describe people who've grown up in divorced families as coming from a broken home. We still have this association with divorce as being something of a failure or something that we made a mistake with. And I really, before we can start healing from divorce, I believe we need to challenge that assumption because if we think we're stepping into a huge mistake or a huge failure, you can just imagine how that would taint the rest of your days, right? I mean, it's, it's when I talk about it, when I say it, I feel this like energetic, heavy, you know, brick on my back of carrying this shame, you know, 
um, of like the scarlet, you used to have the scarlet A, right? Like the scarlet D, as if somehow you need to atone for this huge mistake. And so in the book, I really encourage people to take a moment and consider an alternative way of thinking. So this is not going to be comfortable at first because whenever we're changing our thinking, right, it feels a little uncomfortable. I'm sure, you know, you talk to families about this all the time, right? It, it feels weird. It feels like I'm wearing, for me at least, it feels like I'm wearing somebody else's clothes. Right. And so I like to encourage people to consider what if you, in, about your divorce, if you thought to yourself, my relationship came to its perfect conclusion. Mm, I love those words. I love those words. Right? I mean, you just feel physiologically, right? The parasympathetic nervous system just activated. Just this, just so much more relaxed. If my ex and I did exactly what we needed to do, and it's time to release. Well, the whole X is already, you know, as you said, X. Why do we use that word? My ex-husband, right. my ex-wife. The language we use around this, just like many other things in our lives, can really taint our emotions, our feelings, the baggage, the heaviness. And yes. I think, as you pointed out, you know, it, it is a perfect conclusion because it is when it's meant to be ending yes. and a new beginning is on the horizon. We're beginning new. Who knows what's ahead of us? And I think the really important thing, at least for me and maybe for you as well, and, and for you know all the people that you work with, is that we've grown through any relationship in our life, whether it's the worst or the best, we've grown through it. Perhaps we have children. I mean, we wouldn't want it to be any different because we have these beautiful beings that we've given birth to or that have come to us in this relationship. So, you know, if we flip the switch of, something ending and look at what we've achieved through this time period, whether it's, you know, a year or 20 years or 22 in my case, mm -hmm. it really can be the gift that keeps on giving as we move. Yes. Through. Yes. And I think it's so important what you're focusing on about the growth piece of the relationship. You know, another assumption that I, I challenge people to really look at is that this is, as you said, an ending as opposed to the beginning of learning more about yourself outside of this relationship. So what if we said, I have learned everything I needed to from this relationship and I am ready to learn more from being on my own or in another relationship? Mm. What if we were really, and, and this goes back, I talk about this in the book too, to our assumptions about marriage in general right? That somehow when we walk into marriage, we're signing up for the rest of our lives. I mean, we have a lot of work to do on assumptions around marriage too, right? And well, so- it's an institution that we've signed up for the institution. Exactly. And as an institution, we're held to a certain expectation from society. Right. Yeah. And what's so interesting is that many of us in our beautiful, brave ways challenge challenge institutions all the time and oppressive systems all the time and then we come up with this marriage one and we feel oh no you know i've failed you know i mean many people would you know you could also say there's an institution of being you know only a only a stay at home provider and not working right and we've a lot of people have pushed against that institution without the same i mean there's some feelings of failure but 
you know, and so I, I really want to encourage people to be more flexible in their thinking when they mm-hmm. think about marriage and the purpose and the possibility of growing after you appropriately end and close and hold in the sacred space what has happened. So a few things pop into my head as you as you share that beautiful thought. And I think the first is, what do you do with the anger that resides in you? Because I too had some of that myself that I had to work through. And, yeah. and with looking at that anger and finding a, a path for it, how do you embrace the new you? Because, you know, I, I remember my therapist years ago, you know, many years ago saying to me, you know, well, well, who are you? This is your opportunity to see who you are because you're not a wife. You're not, you know, just, I hate to use that word, but just a mother, just a wife. You're actually a human being first before you play any of these roles that we play. And so in looking first at the anger and then at, um, you know, learning more about ourselves, which I think is a huge gift. And I I know you talk about that as well in your book. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the pathways to, to that type of healing and, and focus? Absolutely. Sue, I'm so glad you brought up the anger. Um, I dedicate an entire chapter in my book to what I call righteous anger, because I think it's incredibly important that people understand that you have the deep right to be angry. You know, we often think about righteous anger when we think of human rights violations and atrocities, right? That kind of righteousness. But I want to empower people who've been going through a divorce to know that they also have righteous anger. You have every right, whether you chose to the divorce or it was it was chosen for you. Um, you have every right to be angry. And anger, unfortunately, is a feeling that we really disavow in this world, in the world that we live in. As a therapist, I'm constantly trying to help people allow anger in. I'm sure you do as well in your work and kind of and explain that is you know, the feelings are excitations in the brain. They are no different. Joy is no different than anger. They're, they physiologically are the same thing. It's, it's what we tell ourselves about um, how comfortable we are with them and how all right they are to experience that make them have any valence really. And so anger is part of the process and we need to allow ourselves to feel it. And I specifically talk in the book about allowing yourself to feel it in your body physiologically. There's a fight, flight, or freeze response that is the natural response to a trauma. And I do believe and talk about this in the book that that divorce is a trauma. And you need to have the physiological fight response. So in the book, I give some tools and some tips, including putting on some really intense music and letting your body just move to it. And again, remembering that you know, feelings are not facts just because you're full of rage and punching this, you know, punching your pillows or punching the air or stomping. That's what I like to do. Does not mean you're going to do that in public. It just means that your body needs to release it because you and I both know that if we don't allow it, it comes out sideways. You can't stuff feelings. You just can't. Well, when you do, it's a volcano that erupts however long it's down there and it's bigger, the more it's held and caged in. Exactly. Yes, and I rem- I remember the anger well, and I remember thinking, you know, I have a right to be angry because, it, and and sad. I mean, I think there's so many emotions that we go through, the yeah. blame or the you know the um, 
shame is not a healthy feeling. But as you said, you know, anger, it's part of the process. And so accepting it and being able to step into the feeling of it and find ways that serve us to move through it. I mean, I, I think I told you this before. I remember a good friend of mine saying, it's all about the kids now. And I thought, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> I've just disappeared now. And, you know, I, I, I know she meant well, but what she meant is that I couldn't live in the anger every day and the frustration of what had happened to me. It didn't happen to me. It happened with me and for yeah. me. Yeah. And, and for my children, because they were growing too, as this all, you know, unfolded. And so, you know, there's, there's a way, and I'm sure you have wonderful ways uh, that you share and tools that you share in your book, which everyone needs to buy. So that if you are in this process, I mean, obviously, if you're not in the divorce mode or don't see it on the horizon, maybe not, but um, for a friend, it's a great gift to help them to yeah. move through it too. Um, so when you think about the growth, yes. So you've moved through the anger, perhaps you've done a lot of, you know, incredible dancing, and you've done some stomping, <laughs> and maybe some writing, some singing, whatever serves yeah. you. And you start to look at the next chapter, because it is another chapter, every chapter unfolds in our lives, you know, in, in its due time. Yeah. What do you, what do you help people to see in terms of connecting with themselves? Because we do lose connection. I know I did with who Absolutely. I was through the whole process. And whether I had the ability now to stand on my own. Absolutely. I think that's actually a fear that keeps a lot of people from asking for a divorce, actually, this fear that they won't be able to be on their own and they won't know what they like and they won't be able to function. And I tell this story about I went to see a psychiatrist um, because I was really deeply depressed in the beginning of my divorce. And I went in and about 30 minutes into it, he, I thought kind of rudely, but it, it made, he made his point, just said, stop. I want you to only tell me about you. Clearly I had just been talking all about my ex, my stories with my ex. And I sat there completely quiet. I had, I, I had no idea what to say. Um, as someone who spends all day helping people understand deeper parts of themselves, I was completely struck with no words. So I know what it's like to have no idea, you know, what you like to eat for dinner, what color walls you want to paint, what kind of clothes you want to wear. I had, I was in a very codependent relationship. So I really gave myself over to my partner and to my children. And so I had to do, I talk in the book of, I have a chapter called living life by design, not by default. And I actually had to do exercises in that book, like write down every hour of the day. And what did I want to do during those hours? And I had to really reflect. And I, I go through this very carefully in the book with all of my senses. So did I want to light a candle? Did I want to wear a sweater? Did I want to have a blanket? You know, as a cognitive behavioral therapist, I teach people to start really small with bite-sized pieces, right? Because that's the only way any behavior changes. And so we start really small with trying to figure out what do we like? Do I like the way this lotion smells when I put it on my hands? Or do I not? Mm -hmm. Do I like, you know, the, this feeling of touch on my hand? Um, 
And this overlaps with the chapter I have on pleasure as well of really trying to understand what do I like, what do I need, and what do I want? And I'll tell you, of course, people are thinking, I don't know. That makes sense. You might not have ever thought of it before. That's why in the book, I give you really clear step-by-step guides into answering that question. It's kind of frustrating sometimes because I think friends say like, well, now you can do whatever you want or you know, what do you want to do next? And that's a really big question. We need to be curious. We need to experiment with ourselves and then we can start drawing conclusions, but we need to, to take it slow. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And, and I think the baby steps give people hope, right? That they can yeah. do it. They can start to find their way back to themselves. And I know in, in my process, it was also looking at what am I, what am I losing? So, you know, my marriage mm. had not been connected at all for quite some time. And so looking at what will I miss? And because sometimes we need to fill that void perhaps with something or mm-hmm. find, you know, in my case, I had to go buy a toolbox. I, yes, <laughs> because I, love that story. I, I, I was going to miss the handyman at home, right? So, hey, Sue is going to become a handy woman and yeah. find her way around, you know, fixing whatever needed to be fixed. And so, you know, that's, again, learning about ourselves and the power we have when yes. we really are not connected to it at all. And I think, from my experience and correct me if I'm wrong, many people think they're just going to fall apart, you know, that they're just not going to be able to stand on their own two feet, do anything, see anybody, connect with people, raise their children and live a life that's, you know, fulfilled, fulfilling and satisfying after divorce. Like, you know, the world shuts down. Absolutely. And you know, Sue, almost every person I've interviewed on my podcast, the divorce doctor podcast when I ask them what they wish they had told their younger self, which is one of the questions I ask, they all often say that you can do this. You can handle this. You're stronger than you think. Mm-hmm. I hear that constantly. There is this sense. And that's, that's one of the reasons I think actually getting, I'm so grateful I'm divorced because I have seen myself rise to the occasion in a way I never would have had I stayed married. Like I've seen my capabilities in a way that I, I wouldn't have been able to. And so I want to say to people, you know, the reason I wrote this book is to have for people to have hope that you can like the book title of the book is light at the other side of divorce that you you do move through it. And you don't only move through it. But if you if you look at yourself and you work on yourself while you're doing it, you learn so much to take with you in your next relationships with your interactions with your ex husband or ex partner, like you, you can grow so deeply. Yeah. And it forces you to, or, or to fall under a rock. I mean, or not choices, right? right? (laughs) Exactly. You have two choices. And the other real like distinguishing point I just want to say, which is really important in the book is that, um, you know, you have this moment where you decide that you can blame the other person and focus on them and take their inventory and focus only on that. Or you can look at yourself and think, how did I end up here? And that was the decision I decided to make. And that's, if you're making that decision, then then the book is for you. It's for really people who who are going to focus on how to make their experience better rather than having to take down the other person. Well, first of all, it doesn't serve to take down the other person. Correct. In any way, not for your children, not for you. And when we outward focus, we're not taking any time to look within what we contribute, what we, you know, how we showed up, what we were doing in this relationship. 
And I think in life, don't you think it's important to take responsibility for the choices we make and where we are and, you know, cause and effect and, you know, absolutely. It's, I mean, all we have, yeah, all we have is the only person we can change is ourselves. Mm -hmm. So either we can feel completely powerless by trying to change everyone else, or we can start feeling more powerful by working on ourselves. It's the only thing we have really. So I, and I know you talk about this in the book as well, but share if you can, just a few ideas or tips that you would, um, share, you know, in the book and that you share in your teachings to help people look at how to go from the divorce and maybe the anger and be able to connect, relate, and be, I hate to, I mean, friends, you know, we use mm. the term lightly, friendly in a divorce situation. So for example, with me, I, I can remember being really angry and people saying to me, oh my gosh, you know, this is like the beauty of all divorces, <laughs> you know, like there was no big arguments, you know, you just did yeah. it with ease, so to speak. That's what it looked like probably from the outside. And it was, you know, looking back, it was pretty uh, easy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I always look at after I got through my own anger and, you know, disappointment, I always looked at him as, you know, a very nice person, just not right for me. Yeah. So you're still raising children or you're still relating in some way, shape or form, especially with the children. So how can one connect with the other, knowing we can't control anybody else in a way that will serve us? in that grounded place moving forward? Great question. So I have a chapter with this in the book. It's called Letting Go of Resentment. And I have some tools that I'd like to share. So um, I think what you, you know, again, we know, and that's why in the beginning, I think it's the second chapter of righteous anger. Like you have every right to have your anger. It is real. I am not telling you in any way not to have your anger. However, as you said, Sue, you know, the for co-parenting, for the fact that this person's going to be in your life for a long time, it serves you to be able to get along as much as you can. And I just want to say, you know, comfortably, it doesn't have to be by any chance best friends. I tell this funny story about my son who asked me um, when he was about six, if his father and I were friends. And I said, oh yeah, we are. And you know, they're kids are so smart. He said, no, no, you're not. He said, you go out to dinner with your friends. You laugh with your friends. You talk to your friends on the phone. You don't do that with our dad. And he was right. And I had to say, you're right. You know, we, we loved each other once dearly and we both, we love you, but we're not friends anymore. And that was, even that distinction was important. It didn't, it didn't hurt him. I wasn't saying anything negatively about his dad, but even that word, I thought that was really like a very indicative moment for me um, and for my son. So Here's what I want to say. First, I would this is an exercise I suggest in the book. I would encourage you all to think about the person you fell in love with and write down three. If you can come up with three, great. If you can come up with two, fabulous. You know, positive things about your ex that really attracted you to them or that you know, or other people see in them, or someone might have written in their work review, like just just a couple of things. So for me, it was you know, funny and curious. Um, and if I can even, even as I say those now, I can think there's so many other things I want to say that are not good about him. <laughs> like I just, it's so automatic, but okay, we're just going to focus on that. Um, and there's a few things you need to do with that. Um, one, before you see them, you kind of remind yourself that those are things that are positive about them. I want you to, it's really hard, to, but I want you to try to find a few times where you can point out to your children that they have those characteristics. 
See, it's really, you're so funny like your dad. I notice your curiosity just like your dad. It's really important. They are of that other person as well. And so they need to know that you still love them, even though they are part of that person who you are no longer married to. So that's really important. And I also, so that's, those are two strategies. The other thing I really want you to realize is this great um, phrase, which is sometimes when one finger is pointing out, there's three fingers pointing back at us. The stuff that drives us the most mad are sometimes things we really dislike about ourselves. And so sometimes if your ex is doing something that really is driving you mad, it might be something that you really don't like about yourself. That's a way to quickly turn it back onto you and think, okay, what can I do around this? And so those are three strategies that really involve seeing your, your ex-partner as a person, as a whole person, as a complete person. In the book, we have a bicycle wheel where you do the exercise. And it's really important to remember that a bicycle cannot move without all of its spokes. Mm, beautiful. Wow. I love that. I will never think of a bicycle again in the same way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a beautiful analogy. Well, you have shared so many wonderful gifts and tidbits and ideas and you know helpful exercises for our listeners to really move through whatever stage they're at in their divorce or divorce moments. Um, where can people learn more about you and most importantly, learn about this amazing book that you have launched? Thank you. So my website is drelizabethcohen.com, which is a DR. And my book is found everywhere you find books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You can find it on Bookshop too, which is a conglomerate of independent bookstores. Mm -hmm. So I encourage people to use that. It's called Light at the Other Side of Divorce, Discovering the New You. And I'm not sure when this is going to air. But soon. Soon, right? So if it's before <laughs> April 20th, if you go to my website and, and order through the book um, page, then you'll be enrolled in three free um, workshops that I'll be giving. Oh, wow. What a nice gift. That's so that's if you pre-order. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. And one last question. What made you write this book? So I wrote this book. Ugh, it brings tears to my eyes. I wrote this book for, so no one would ever have to feel how I felt the evening I opened my laptop, Googling divorce help, divorce recovery, divorce program. And I, I couldn't find anything. Mm. And I was, I have the privilege of this education of being able to piece it together. And it was still incredibly hard for me. I never wanted anyone to have to go through that. And I specifically, when I wrote this book, thought of the woman in particular, because that's my, my identification, who's in the library with her kids at story hour, unshowered, you know, dirty clothes, who sees this book out of the corner of her eye and thinks maybe there's some hope for me. Mm. Oh, well, I have chills now. That's beautiful. I'm so glad I asked you that question. It's just me dawned too. on me. I don't know why you actually, you know, I, I know that people need it, but I wasn't sure what the motivating yeah. factor was for you. So you. that is awesome. Well, it's lovely to be here with you and you. to share with my listeners all that you have done in this amazing book. And of course, we'll put the links uh, below so people can quickly find your book and order it. Thank you for being here with us. And to all our listeners, thank you for joining us. Remember, every moment is a new moment for conscious connections. 
Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.